Welcome to 14 Days of Random Routine. I'm your host, Dinda. Every two weeks, me and some occasional guests will share our journey of starting out a new routine. Each episode will consist of two parts. Part one, on day zero, we will give you an overview of our plan for the next two weeks. And part two, on day 14, we will share our experience with you. Make sure you never miss the show by subscribing to this podcast. Our first episode, part one. For the next 14 days, I'm going to pick a routine of doing an online course every day for one hour. You know, I have to admit that as a procrastinator, I've signed up to several online courses and of course, drop out along the way. But then I'm really curious about this course, The Science of Wellbeing by Yale University. As one of the most popular courses in Yale, I'm so happy they're available online. By the time I sign up, there are 20 million people that enroll for this course. That's amazing. The original duration of this course is 10 weeks. But let's see, we will try to squeeze into our timeline. The instructor of this course is Professor Lori Santos. She is pretty awesome. She taught psychology and cognitive science at Yale University, has been a featured TED speaker, and also a host of the Happiness Lab podcast. You guys should check it out as well. The type of study that was done by social scientists is very interesting in my opinion, and it's relatable to our day-to-day activity. I was curious after I watched that talk by Dan Gilbert, one of the pioneers of this type of study. So basically, the goal of this course is to improve your own well-being by implementing a few simple research findings to your life. Professor Santos designed the course for three reasons. One, to synthesize what psychologists have learned about making our life better. Two, to help her student overcome stress and unhappiness and three, to live a better life herself. Quoting Professor Santos on Yale Daily News, he said, We are creators of habit in part because stable habits give us more control. By finding a routine while sheltering in place, we can reduce the cognitive fatigue of each individual decision about the day, which can make us feel a bit more in control It is also recommended to download their app, Rewire. The app will help you keep track of eight activities that are known to promote well-being. So before uh, I started the course, I took the happiness survey on their app, and we will do it at the end of the course as well, you know, compare the result. All right, we will dig in on this and share it with you in, in two weeks. I will give both links for the course and the app on our Instagram page at 14 days of random routine. Okay, that sounds like a plan. Don't forget to join us on part 2 in 2 weeks and thank you for listening. Welcome to 14 Days of Random Routine, I am your host, Tinda. Every two weeks, me and some occasional guests will share our journey of starting out a new routine. Each episode will consist of two parts. Part 1 on day 0, we will give you an overview of our plan for the next two weeks. And part 2 on day 14, we will share our experience with you.
Make sure you never miss the show by subscribing to this podcast. Our first episode, part two. We just did 14 days of doing an online course, The Science of Wellbeing by Yale University. The original duration of this course is 10 weeks and we tried to squeeze in as much as we can. However, we only reached week 4 and we're planning to continue the rest of the course on another episode. So let's start with discussing what we have covered so far. Week 1, Signature Strength. As mentioned in part 1, that I've measured the baseline of authentic happiness, permap profiler, and the 24 character strength. The PERMA profiler measures five pillars of well-being known as positive emotion, engagement, relationship, meaning, and accomplishment. And the authentic happiness measures overall well-being with scale from 1 to 5. And this is my favorite one, the 24 character strength. Scientists discovered a common language of 24 characters to make up what best about our personality. Basically, everyone has all these 24 character strengths, in different degree, of course. I will share what are the top 5 of my character strengths, which are kindness, love, spirituality, creativity, and love of learning. As for the PERMA and happiness scale, I will share it after we cover all the topics in this course, so it's gonna be in another episode. Alright, I hope you did this survey as well, as I feel like it is really good to know where I am as in the state of my well-being. Because I thought that I'm a happy person, I thought my happiness scale will be high, but apparently not so much. So, knowing where you truly are is one step, but of course, that's not enough. Professor Santos also shared one good theory about that. She named it as G.I. Joe fallacy, which is the mistaken idea that knowing is half the battle. It's not enough just knowing. Merely knowing doesn't make it better, so we have to keep practicing. Picture it as building the muscle. We need to do the work. Okay, let's move on. Now we are going to cover the recommended habit or activities that are known to promote well-being. Week 2, Severing and Gratitude Journal Severing is the act of stepping outside experience to review and appreciate it. We can practice severing by doing simple activities like walking in the park while doing that we can enhance the practice of severing by talking to another person and share how good it feels. Actively look for another person to share it with you and do the experience with you. And you can think about how a lucky person you are or you can take some memories with you and sharing it with other letters. But keep in mind though, you have to be or trying to be a present all the time. The act of severing is really good because it forces you to notice your surrounding and make you focus on your experience even longer. Trying to avoid this 
activities while you do your savoring because these activities can decrease the act of your savoring try not to focus on the future when or thinking when it is over or it will be over soon or it's not as good as you hope and you know that this experience could be better another practice is keeping a gratitude journal so gratitude is a positive emotional state in which one recognizes and appreciate what one has received in life there are two components of gratitude one is the affirmation of goodness two is find out where the good stuff come from or someone to give thanks to or what other people did things to us we can reach a higher level of gratitude from just a habit of saying thank you to a more deeper sense of thankfulness for life and make it as a fundamental life orientation I thought gratitude is about being thankful for the good things in life but we can extend to a point that accept all of life you know the good and the bad I know it's gonna be hard but it will show a different way of looking at life looking at life as a gift not as a burden study shows that gratitude can increase your mood lower your stress level strengthen your immune system and lower your blood pressure but one of the most important thing about gratitude is it is also make your social connection stronger as for week three it covers the practice of kindness and social connection kindness which is a simple act of doing something nice you can do it by volunteering or donating or as simple as giving people a compliment that a practice that costs nothing social connection is talking to a stranger try to grab a lunch with someone you haven't seen for a while or like to do this a simple good morning to your apartment security guard or your cab driver bus driver or someone who serve you a coffee again the key is to practice as much as we can all these scientifically proven habits to improve the state of our well-being and for week four which cover exercise and sleep research show that 30 minutes a day of exercise can boost your mood even make your academic performance better we don't have to do heavy exercise every day but we can just do an extra move for 30 minutes i personally like to run 5k for my exercise but i didn't do it every day so i can insert 30 minutes walk in between my exercise every day another good practice is having enough sleep try to have seven hours of sleep for four consecutive nights those are the practice to build the muscle of your well-being next one I'm going to share my notes with you what, about what Professor Santos have shared in her lecture and several other references. So far, here are five things that psychological science says about the good life. One, misconception about happiness. 
Two, why our expectations are so bad. Three, strategies to reset our expectation. Four, what stuff really increased happiness. And five, putting those strategies into practice. On this episode, we will only cover point one to three. As point four and five, we will share it on another episode. Point one, misconception about happiness. As a society, we thought the source of good happiness is coming from a good job, money that we have, awesome stuff like fancy cars, house, or gadgets. Or I strongly believe that the source of happiness is coming from true love, or perfect body, or a good grade. But research shows that all the things on the list do not necessarily increase your happiness. For example, the money and good job. Studies say that only up to certain point where the increase of life satisfaction is associated with the increase of your income. The data shows up to a certain threshold, the increase of your income does not affect your happiness that much. That threshold is 75,000 USD, which said as a plausible number, which You think money is not an issue. Okay, how about true love? That should be the source of happiness, right? Well, study said that after two years of marriage, life satisfaction just back to baseline. While awesome stuff and a perfect body actually did not bring happiness, study said that actively seeking stuff actually makes you less happy and doing cosmetic procedure can, re- can reduce your state of well-being. Point two, why our expectations are so bad? Sometimes I wonder, so why are we so clueless on what makes us happy? Maybe it's just our circumstances or it is in our genes. But Sonia Lubomirsky writes on her book, The, Sh- The How of Happiness, shows that genes and circumstances doesn't matter as much as we think. She formulated the pie chart that shows our happiness is based on 50% genes, 10% of our circumstances, and 40% are the things that we can actually control. So, Let's start focus on those 40% to improve our happiness. The reason why our expectations are so bad is these annoying features of our mind, which are our strongest intuition are often totally wrong. Professor Santos demonstrates a very good visual bias. There are two tables and it looks like one of the tables is longer than the other one. But after we measure it, both tables are the same. That's one proof that our strongest intuition is often misleading. So that's why we believe the misconception about happiness earlier. Annoying feature number two is our mind don't think in terms of absolute or true things. It is always relative to reference point. We have a tendency to compare ourselves with others. From television to social media without realizing it, we use it as a reference point. It has a big impact on us because our mind always compares our circumstances with that reference point. 
Social media can create pressure of wanting to change your body or being simply not enough about your circumstances. And as mentioned earlier, studies say that you know seeking materialistic stuff actually make you less happy. Annoying feature number three is our mind are built to get used to stuff. So our mind is adapted with surrounding adaptation or worse, we can trap in a hedonic adaptation. Hedonic adaptation is the process of becoming accustomed to a positive or negative stimulus such that the emotional effect of that stimulus are attenuated over time. Okay, for example, we just bought a new car. There are usually a lot of positive events happening as a result, but over time, there are fewer positive events to experience because you get used to all these things. We don't realize that our minds are built to get used to stuff. That's the last, fe- the last annoying feature of our mind. This is also known as the impact bias, which the tendency to overestimate the emotional impact of a, of a future event, both in terms of intensity and its duration. Professor Santos also shared the idea of focalism, which is the tendency to think just about one event and forget about the other things that happen, like what other, ha- what other things that happen around it. We didn't realize that we are more resilient than we think about. We have an immune neglect, an awareness of our psychological immune system, or the tendency to adopt and cope with negative events. Okay, now we are almost at the end of it, which is covering point three, strategy to reset our expectation. So now we know that money, awesome stuff, true love does not as much contribute to our happiness. Then what should we do to reset our expectation? One of the strategies is severing. And we will cover the other strategy on another episode. Because we should definitely continue doing this course, as there is so much we need to learn. Two weeks is really not enough to cover all the theory and practice that was suggested to lead a good life. So we will continue this on another episode. I will keep you posted. That's all, the part two of episode one. I hope we can start implementing this simple research finding to improve our well-being. Please support and subscribe to our podcast. Also, feel free to reach out to us on our Instagram page at 14 Days of Random Routine. Alright, don't forget to join our next routine and thanks for listening.